the living poop. Welcome to episode 13 of Super Segoy Cast on Night of Living Geeks Network. I'm Alex. And I'm Justin. And we watched another movie, Berserk, The Golden Age, Arc 1, The Egg of the King. And we found it on Netflix. Uh, it's surprising that it was on Netflix. It was pretty violent for a movie, or an animated movie that I've seen. I wouldn't say that it's surprising to be on Netflix, though. I mean, there's plenty of other violent movies on Netflix. I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I pictured Netflix not having that like huge of a violent like not this kind of violence this was this is pretty gruesome in this first arc it is but i mean i wouldn't say that it's like terrible i guess like i don't know i wasn't going into it expecting it to be i guess bad as it was i knew it was like it's a war movie you know and whatnot so you would see some people get chopped or cut or whatever but like the way they did the visualization of like the battles it was good but it was just a little bit more than i expected this first movie was only available on Netflix. We could not find it on Hulu or Crunchyroll. And it's probably because of the violent and graphic nature of the story itself. Mm-hmm. There are two other movies that go along with it. Um, and it just kind of gets worse as the story progresses, you could yeah, say. Yeah, I would say think like how the recent Game of Thrones episodes are and probably yeah. 10 times that. So, I mean, that's kind of what you're getting yourselves mm-hmm. into. It gets pretty dark i think the only reason why it's on netflix is because this series is a really really popular series like if anybody who reads manga has probably heard of berserk it's been around since 1990 that was when the very first edition of the manga was published Mm -hmm. and it's still ongoing they've already had an anime series for it that covers the same first arc but you know that was back in 1997 and yeah. it, was a, it was 25 episodes long for the first arc. The manga itself is published by Dark Horse for it to be translated into English. Weirdly, though, it has 37 volumes for the manga, but it doesn't come out on a consistent basis. It's, yeah. It kind of seems like when the artist, like, writer feels like, oh, you know what, I think I should come up with the next part. Then they, like, write it. I don't know if it's because of that. I think it's just because he... He has to continuously think of new things for the story and places oh, for it to go. That makes sense. And he also has to draw everything. Oh, he's like a one-man show, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's been doing it for, you know, 20 years, thir- almost 30, actually. We're in 2015, and he's been doing it since 1990. That's, so. Yeah, that's a long time. It's really good that he can do it himself for that long and still be really into it. It's kind of like what we discussed in our previous episodes where we were the artist for and writer for One Piece. And how he's been doing it himself for such a long time. And as right. he's a writer slash artist for that as well. Yeah. And I think maybe because this is such a dark story, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for him to stay in that dark place for so long. I, I can imagine. So that might be why it takes him a little bit longer. Um, I mean, they were published regularly before, but once, I don't know, I think like maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. that's when they started coming out a little more on the irregular side. Okay. I can see that like a mental health standpoint. You're kind of like, I can't keep thinking this way yeah right (laughs) it can't be good you'd be getting a little messed up after a while i think yeah but if you do want to read it as justin was saying it's published in english by dark horse manga so you can get it online like amazon has it barnes and Mm. noble has it um they're just not available in the stores Mm -hmm. because like i was saying a lot of this the content is very graphic and gory so i'm sure if if they did have it it would be shrink wrapped you know (laughs) (laughs) oh man I personally haven't read the manga, and I know you have. Yes. Do you feel that it was closely related to the first arc on Netflix? 
Yeah, it was very, very similar. The only thing that I would say is that it was more condensed so that they could fit it into story form. But, you know, everything that happened in the in the anime was in the manga. It was a little bit more graphic than the manga, I think. But really? not Yeah, but not necessarily by a whole lot. But there was stuff cut out, like nudity, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there was, a, like, a, I think maybe a couple flashes of nudity. In this, yeah. Yeah, but... In the manga, there's a lot more. Okay. So um, Weird that they cut that out, but they left in so much violence. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it was kind of like little side things Mm -hmm. that were happening. So it wasn't quite necessary to keep that in there to tell the story. Okay. And the manga also focused more on secondary characters, whereas this Mm -hmm. one didn't. It was clearly just the three main characters, Guts, Griffith, and Casca. Yeah. You know? In the manga, there's there's a ton of other little characters that you start to get to know. Okay. And it was kind of neat because when you watch the anime, you see them in the background and you kind of know who they are if you've read the manga. So it's like, oh, cool, there's that person and mm-hmm. there's that person. Mm-hmm. But they don't really have anything to do with the story yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine because it would have been too convoluted with characters had uh, they started okay. doing everything that they did in the manga. I personally liked it. I thought it was a good story. Yeah. A little confused, I guess, on the main character or one of the main characters, Griffith. Like, and like his like personality was different. Like, yeah. when he when you first meet him, it's like long hair, very feminine face. I thought it was a girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was a man. And then when Griffith meets Guts, they battle. He like wins. He's like, okay, you're mine now. Yeah. I didn't really think that as like you're just my soldier. I thought it was more of like a, a relationship standpoint. Like. Well, that's what Guts thought. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah, and this is so, like, that's how, and then yeah, as you get closer to the end of the, the movie, he ends up trying to, like, date the princess, or yeah. I guess he wants to, like, marry her, but, like, right. do you think that's just for power, or do you think he actually likes her? No, he does not like her. It's it's clearly just for power. Okay. Uh, once you, once, if we ever get into the second or third movies in this arc, you'll mm-hmm. see that that is just not who he is. He's oh. he's only doing this to advance himself yeah. and to get close to his dream because that's what he kept talking about. He wanted to have a kingdom of his own mm-hmm. and this was the easiest way for him to do that. Okay. Maybe that's where they got it for Game of Thrones. Maybe. Because if you, I uh, was like, what, season two or whatever, there's like that one brother who's trying to be king. He's gay, but he was going to marry this one princess just to merge two giant families together and become this all-powerful like force. Well... If people listening like Game of Thrones, which most people do, yeah. you'll probably like Berserk. It's okay. very along those same lines oh. and storylines and stuff that happens. So, yeah. it was, I thought it was very good. And like I said, I really enjoyed the artistic style. I know you kept pointing out to me that it was mixture with CG and animation. Yeah. And you didn't quite like when they had CG in well, there. It, it's because it was so weird. Like the way they did it. It was just kind of a random mix. The CG was obvious and it wasn't necessarily distracting, but it was like there would be a scene with with a couple dudes on a horse and then people in the foreground talking and like half of the characters would be CG and the other ones would not be CG. They'd mm-hmm. be drawn. And so it was like, wait, what am I looking at? You know, <laughs> like why why is the horse CG but the person on him is not or yeah. why is this guy's armor CG but, but he's, he's not, not. not yeah. Yeah, and it was just kind of it was weird because I can I can see it pretty easily most of the time you, you see it a lot better than i do and there were times i kind of like i could see it okay wow that's yeah. why is there sword cg but the rest of them is animated like i don't get it is yeah. it because it's going to be swinging around and it's just easier to do the movements that way right and there are certain times i thought maybe something was cg and it wasn't yeah like my eye's not exactly <laughs> keen to the difference but 
overall, I thought it looked very clean together. Yeah. I didn't think they did a bad job. Nothing like Knights of Sidonia where you can clearly see that it's like it's really flat and right. plain for being a whole entirely like CG film. Yeah. Although I will say that the style of CG was very much like Knights of Sidonia. Like when I was looking at it, it looked similar. Like it might have been the same company that did it or oh, something. Okay. To me. I don't yeah. know if that's actually true or not. But... Um, <laughs> You know, like I said, it, it wasn't just the fight scenes that they used the CG on. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just a mix at random places everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know if that was just because they didn't have the budget or if that was really what they were going for. But a lot of the time when they did use it, uh, like on the armor and stuff, it was nice because they could include a lot more detail mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't have been drawn in otherwise. Okay. So I didn't mind it so much. I assumed it was mainly for like the battles because CG is cheaper than doing just regular animation. Yeah. And so like if you were to think back to like Lord of the Rings, they had that like one program that came out around the time that did like the oh, whole entire the armies. armies. Yeah. So I would imagine that's the way they're trying to do with CG. It's cheaper to draw a huge army based on CG than trying to do it animated. Right. So like I guess that's what I assumed was only going to be part of the CG was yeah. that. Yeah. Although I was disappointed when the movie first started and it was a scene of like, you know, an army going across the screen like mm-hmm. close up and stuff and it was all CG and I was like, oh God, what, <laughs> was this all CG? Oh no. You know, because I, I wasn't, I was hoping that it would be like a nice, yeah. a nice nicely drawn thing from what you see on the cover art and mm-hmm. stuff like that but i mean i wasn't disappointed overall it was just that very first shot before i understood what was happening okay so watching this i assumed it was going to be like a medieval time like army thing mm-hmm. the way they made it look like it was just somebody trying to take castles and battles and fights or whatever but yeah. then you go to this one castle and guts goes into this like place and he ends up finding like green giant like ogre looking dude yeah who's a demon i guess he like fights him and he kind of like technically beats him at first but then he like transforms into like this giant uh demon <laughs> like yeah but uh, his name is nosferatu zod and he he is this big demon like yokai creature thing he's not a cow <laughs> cow cow bull, bull? Board? No, he's no. more like a cat mixed with mm. a he's he's got big bat wings what are those things in like mazes a, a tauren? Yeah, like that. Okay. If I remember, a minotaur, he had, he had, not a tauren. Yeah, he had like a, had like a bull head with horns. And yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. You know, so yeah, he's like a minotaur, if anything. Yeah. Well, but huge. Yeah, kind of. He's very cool, though. And he, he plays a lot more in the story in the second and third arc. Or well, the I would second think and third so. portion of this arc, I should say. Yeah. And um, there's also characters that haven't even been introduced yet that play a huge role. Mm -hmm. But as far as this movie goes, I thought Nosferatu Zod was done really well. Like, in the manga, they don't explain a whole lot at first when you see him. But with this, they told you enough. Mm -hmm. So you understood, like, whoa, what's happening? Okay, this guy, this is his deal, and... I can see him coming back in the future arcs. Yeah. Just due to the fact that he was like super excited that he found not only one, but two with Griffith being two people he can actually fight that can match up to at least close to his standards. Because this guy is huge. And he's been like looking around for like a hundred years for somebody to like fight and he can't find any soldiers because everybody's just too weak. Yeah. He so, was very neat. Yeah. I, I, I was impressed with him, to be honest. And I really liked his voice. Mm-hmm. The The person that they found to do the voice acting for him was really cool. I was a little disappointed with Guts's voice at mm. first, just because 
you know, reading the manga, I hear his voice in my head a certain way. <laughs> yeah. And then hearing it on the screen, it was like, oh, that's not what I thought he was going to sound like. But, yeah. you know, but with Zod, it was really cool. I really liked him. Well, either way, I wasn't expecting there to be a giant demon, if anything. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know, like maybe just like a behemoth dude, like he yeah. kind of fought in the very beginning. No, it's actually a very supernatural type of show. It, well, I started to figure once you see the demon and then like after that, they go back to the castle and you kind of finally actually get to see um, the egg, like the necklace that the dude wears because the behelet yeah because zod like saw it too and he was like you have that oh no and like he's like all right i have to leave for now and he like takes off and that's the only reason why he didn't kill both guts and griffith yeah because of that thing but then like if you look at it it's this like red egg shaped thing with like two eyes and nose and mouth just kind of like randomly placed mm-hmm. and then like guts asks him when they get out of there like hey what is that he explains it to him and like the eyes like move yeah it's they opened trippy. up on him and it scared yeah. him so it was like i wasn't expecting to go that route at all yeah that is the egg of the king mm-hmm. that is mentioned in the title. That plays a huge part later on in the story too. Mm-hmm. And they set it up nicely in this, I thought. I because thought so too. although I was a little disappointed, it seemed like the movie should have probably ended, I don't know, not where it did. Like it to me it felt like it should have ended at a different point. And well like where cuz if if I remember right, it ended after Guts assassinated like this like uncle to the prince princess, sorry. Who was being kind of a dick. So he assassinates him and then he goes to tell Griffith. But Griffith's on a date with the princess from a ball. But they like listen and you hear kind of Griffith talk down about Guts. Yeah. And him and Casca are very disappointed. Like, they're they're like betrayed yeah. about what he thought. And they're walking away pretty much because that's the end of the, the thing. Yeah. He's not who they thought they were. And I'm saying yeah. like that's fine. It ended on at least like an emotional cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it also left it, it left it on the fact that the uncle just got assassinated and everybody's like the alarm sounding because everybody just found his body. Yeah. So like you're kind of like you have that as a cliffhanger. You have the emotional cliffhanger. And you're just kind of like, well, what's going to happen next? To me, it just felt like there should have been a bigger thing to oh. end the story with. Well, you're familiar with the manga and I'm not. So if I was to go, okay, well, would I want to watch the second one based off of this cliffhanger? Yeah, because I want to know what's going to happen with Zod. I want to know what's happening with that egg because you get a brief little flashback when he gets it as a kid mm-hmm. and then those two other points. To me, as an overall cliffhanger, it was good. It was a little weird to end it off that way, but I would watch the second ones based off of that. No, I mean, it was, it ended on an interesting point. Like, it didn't end on a bad point. I just mm-hmm. thought it was going to end somewhere else okay. than where it did. Okay. So I'm curious to see what they did in the second arc because the second one gets pretty pretty gritty. Well, all right, so you don't have to answer this because, I mean, you probably already know the answers being that you've seen or you've read the mangas, I should say. Mm-hmm. After the first arc, like, I was really intrigued by the egg because he gets it as a kid and I think it's probably controlling him and, like, his desires. I would want to, like, I want to feel like that's what's happening. I don't know if that's true or not. Does it do that or do you want to, like, leave it up to a mystery so I have to watch it to find out? I'll leave it to a mystery because I think that you would enjoy finding out if that's what happens or not mm-hmm. and i think you would enjoy finding or just reading the story in general yeah because i can't remember word for word what like zod said about it but like he wasn't scared of the behelot is how you say it right mm-hmm. but he was kind of like i'm intrigued what's going to happen with you and the egg of you the king. having it yeah, yeah. so i was kind of like well uh is it like another demon controlling this guy based off of this necklace like what's happening is it turning him evil like yeah where is this going to go that actually piqued my interest so I was curious. Well, that's cool. I'm glad because I mm. would like to start buying these. The mangas? Yeah, I would like to start buying the mangas and reading them. I mean, I know you're re- in, you're into Dragon Ball right now. Yeah, but the but... mangas are really easy. To re- like I, For people who haven't read mangas before, I, I've gotten two now. 
and they're usually around like 500 pages but you can if you were to sit down and actually just read it you could probably finish the 500 page manga in like an hour an hour and a half unless you really want to like inspect all of the art which is a good thing to do but they're not hard to read by any means so you can get through these 37 volumes very fast yeah i have a note that i wrote down that i was just reading i wrote griffith's arrow wound and how you got scared by it oh i wasn't expecting it yeah it kind of made me jump a little bit this 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 anime is not supposed to be scary (laughs) well it didn't scare me it surprised me because like he's sitting there and you're zoomed into like him and like the princess because he just saved her like on her like wild horse that took off yeah and all of a sudden you just you hear like he like gets shot in the chest and i was like oh like wasn't quite expecting him to get shot with an arrow so like it wasn't that i was scared i was surprised I also realized, as you were explaining that, that we didn't explain the plot of no, the story, like, at, at all. all. Yeah. <laughs> I think, basically, if anybody's been listening to this, that they're just going to hear that Griffith wants to be a king, basically, and he yeah. has some, like, demon necklace. And There's it takes place in medieval time blood eras and, and, and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> it's about, it, it, the story follows some mercenaries, basically. Yeah, mercenaries for hire, for whatever side. And yeah. The ultimate goal is that Griffith wants Gus to be his, like, right-hand person. And, yeah. like, he wants to be a king. So, like, that's kind of where we're going with this first arc. Overall, I would rate this as... I would rate it as B. Really? Yeah. I think it was well-placed. It wasn't too long. wasn't too short. Mm-hmm. Gave a lot of detail for me. I gave it probably an A. Oh. Um, I'm not squeamish by any means, but, like... I'm kind of scared to watch the new season of Game of Thrones when it comes out because of just kind of how, like, I keep hearing all of these, like, bad things about it. So if that's where Berserk is going in the next couple arcs, I'm not quite sure if I want to watch those things. I can tell you, yes, it is definitely going there. It is going above and beyond anywhere where Game of Thrones has gone. You know how sometimes it's, like, really exaggerative? Like, in, like, horror movies, like, yeah. so it can be really scary, but then there's ones that are just, like, stupid scary. Like, stupid scary I can watch. Scary, scary. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to watch that. So, like, is it, like, really over the top? Or is it kind of more realistic? Oh. You see what I'm saying? That's a good... Yeah. Um. Okay, take what you saw in this one. Mm-hmm. It was it was graphic, but it was a more realistic graphic. Mm-hmm. So, I can assume that any other violence and horrible things that are going to happen mm-hmm. are going to be along the same lines. Okay. So, it'll be realistic enough. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're going to... It's not like watching something cartoony, you yeah. know... Okay, well, I guess we'll just kind of have to play it by ear and watch some of it. And if it starts to get a little too out there, maybe... You could always that, turn that, it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could always yeah. turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, the, like, the darkest person by any means, so things like that aren't my cup of tea, really. So, yeah. like, violence, I don't mind. It's kind of the other route. Like, I don't know if I'd enjoy watching... Some, well, not that I would enjoy any of that, but, like... Yeah, if you could handle it. Yeah, kind of. Anyway... <laughs> let's go on the complete opposite spectrum of this and talk about some family-friendly stuff well, okay, that yeah. Justin found. So Studio Ghibli has been doing some commercials lately. And everybody knows that Studio Ghibli is the Disney of Japan. Yeah. The last anime they did was called The Wind Rises, I believe, which we've discussed in a previous episode. Yes, in and our Miyazaki episode. So they've done some commercials recently, um, one for a bakery in Kyushu, and for train travel. Okay. So it's kind of nice that at least some of the artists are still doing some stuff with Studio Ghibli. Yeah. That's very, that must be like a very prestigious thing for your company too. Yeah. Like I have a commercial made from Studio Ghibli. Right. Like, Can you imagine having that as like a selling point? Yeah. You know, I'm sure they get a lot of people who who 
are interested in their stuff just from the commercials mm-hmm. because Studio Ghibli is Studio Ghibli, you know? It's funny because here you think about it, we don't really have a whole lot of animated commercials unless it's for like maybe like an animated series or a we show. We don't. Yeah, that's a you good know? point. Like, uh, the only one that really comes to my mind right now is like maybe Chips Ahoy Cookies. But that was like claymation, wasn't it? Yeah. So anyway, my point being there wasn't really a whole lot of animation. So out there in Japan, animation is a big thing. So I can it's imagine. It's a huge part of life. So if you can get Studio Ghibli to do a commercial for you, that's got to be a big deal. Because to me, that's not like it's stepping down. It's like taking someone who like Brad Pitt and having Brad Pitt do a commercial. You're yeah. like, why would he do a commercial? He's this huge megastar. Well, why is he stepping down to do a commercial? It's funny that you say that because in Japan, that's one of the things that a lot of American actors do. They do commercials for mm-hmm. stuff. Like mm-hmm. when we were there... Who was it? it? Was it Tommy Lee Jones? It is. And his coffee? Yeah. And we boss... actually saw a commercial here for that, too. Yeah. He, he's like <laughs> a, a huge spokesperson for Boss Coffee mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Japan. Yeah. And we know we're walking by the vending machine and we're like, is that Tommy Lee Jones? You know, like <laughs> yeah. that, they don't do that here. Yeah. Like I said, it's not a bad thing by any means. No, no, no. It's cool. Yeah. I like it. So like I would want a commercial for Studio Ghibli if I was ever to have a business. That'd be awesome. Heck yes. So... That's not the only thing that they've kind of been doing recently either. They made a 30-second short for a game that's been out there for a long time called Taiko no Tatsujin, which is Taiko Drum Master. It's a rhythm game like DDR, except you have to hit the drum Mm -hmm. on certain Mm -hmm. beats. Yeah, it's Guitar Hero with a Taiko drum, basically. When we were there, it was huge. Which, by the way, I want to say I played it when we were in Japan back in 2011. Tons of the Taiko games out there. With all their arcades out there, there's currently over 4,000 Taiko Drum Master arcade games in operation right now. The fact that they have over 4,000 in operation in Japan, maybe one of these days we can have it come here. I know our arcades are very few out here, but it'd be kind of cool to be able to play the Taiko Drum game here. Actually, I think there is one in San Francisco or something like that. I remember reading that there's um, a Japanese-style arcade Somewhere in California, like near Alameda or San Francisco or oh, one of the two awesome. things like that. Yeah. I'll have to look into it more and then we can talk. We can like go check it out if it is here. <laughs> yeah. Or we can at least talk about it. That'd be awesome, though. I would love to go check out the. I love the arcades and whatnot, but that's off topic of the whole point. Anyway, <laughs> the 30 second clip was made for the 15th anniversary of the Taiko drum game. And it was done by two really famous people who worked for Studio Ghibli. The first of which is Toshio Suzuki, who worked as the producer. He did Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and the latest movie, The Wind Rises. If you were to watch the documentary of Studio Ghibli, you kind of see him doing all of the producing for these movies, specifically The Wind Rises. And I think he even worked with other studios to help them with their stuff as well. And the person who handled the animation for this short worked on Castle in the Sky, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Ponyo. His name is Katsuya Kondo. And the style that they chose was actually really cool because it's a watercolor brushstroke style. So it looks like it's... Water? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know you could do an animation in watercolor like that. Like, it was a unique style. It would have been really difficult to animate, mm-hmm. I would think. I would know? imagine, too, especially being like a watercolor like looking yeah. type thing. So the lines aren't like super clean, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, it looks fluid, you know? Yeah, I thought it was really neat. Uh, we... It was fun. Yeah. Uh, we have a link so you can watch the 30-second clip if you're interested. It's like a, a mouse gets 
caught up in like the taiko spirits and like he has a cool little coat and like there's like live taiko drums with like eyes and mouths and whatever like dancing around yeah those are actually the main characters of the game themselves i don't know what the second one's name is but the main one's name is don chan that's the red one okay i forget what the blue one's name is i didn't know they actually had main characters that's really cool um he's like the little mascot for the game itself like when you play it on mm-hmm. the arcade game, he's the one that's little that's dancing around and stuff, oh, you know. Okay. Awesome. And most people probably don't know him, mm-hmm. but um, you may have seen him in Mario Kart Arcade if you've ever played in in the arcades. The one that you actually like sit in, you know. Mm-hmm. You can select him as one of the default drivers. Oh. And I was surprised to see him because I remember we went to like Golfland mm-hmm. and I was cycling through the the drivers and I was like, oh, Why I've is never there a seen drum? him before. Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> And then he's also actually in Super Smash Brothers Wii as one of the characters that Pac-Man can summon. Pac-Man can moves. summon characters? Yeah, he has like a slot kind of move. Oh. And so he'll summon he'll summon a character and like do some damage. That's cool. When I first originally read that note, I thought it was for the Mario Kart like game, not specifically just the arcade. And I was kind of like, well, I wonder if that's only for the Japanese version of Mario Kart because they would know what he is or who he is. Like if you were to do that here, a lot of other people are familiar with Taiko drums. Right. Well, the game probably was originally for Japan. And mm-hmm. then, you know, since it's Mario Kart, they might have just brought it over. Okay. I don't know. Would you want a gigantic 3D printed model of a Taiko drum known as Donchan? Donchan? <laughs> Donchon? 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 No, probably not. Really? Then you could play him and he could be your friend. I couldn't play a 3D <laughs> printed drum. I don't think that would work the same. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Max Factory Japan 3D printed a human-sized anime figure for the 20th anniversary appreciation fair for manga shop Tora no Ana. The character's name is Momo, and she's from the anime and manga To Love Ru. They took the design from an art book that came out a while ago, um, one of the more popular ones. So she's wearing wedding lingerie, and I don't know if that's just like pure fan art or if that's because of something that actually happened in the series. Mm -hmm. I imagine if it was like a romantic manga, she probably had lingerie on at some point, so it was probably taken from there. Yeah, maybe it was like a dream or something, Something, you know? Yeah. It's approximately five feet tall. It looked really nice. They printed her in several pieces... And then expertly bonded them together and painted. It doesn't look like she's in several pieces. No, it looks like she, yeah, she's printed as one whole thing. Yeah, that's why I looked into how she was created because it looks like it's just like one giant piece that mm-hmm. was put together. And I, I, I was like, how did they find a 3D printer this size? <laughs> you know, she's five feet tall. Five feet tall is huge. It's really smart that they were able to do it in like several pieces and then to actually make it look whole is well done yeah they did a really really good job i wish that this character was for sale I the it five was. foot version no she she was just made for the the event yeah she was just made for the event oh. like to to show off that they could create her i guess I like, why the, not <laughs> yeah i misread the article i guess i thought she was for sale but i guess it's just her regular figures for sale yeah the okay. design was based off of a figure that they already have like in one sixth size so she's like you know eight inches tall or something like that yeah okay yeah so they just took that and blew it up into uh, a five foot tall version that's basically. awesome so i'm curious what the size was of the 3d printer and how many pieces they had to use to actually get to it. create her maybe like arms legs and like torso 
Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not familiar with the sizes of 3D printers, but like I know that industrial size ones, Mm -hmm. I think they're probably like as tall as a washing machine. Oh, wow. Maybe. That's crazy. Maybe a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I know that you can get like personal ones and they'll create something maybe like 12 inches tall. That's not bad. No, but I mean, you know, if you had to create a five foot figure out of a bunch of 12 inch (laughs) tall parts, that's not going to, yeah. But this one looks really cool. She doesn't look... She only looks like she's one giant piece, so... They did a really good job. If you could get a character printed out at, like, five feet tall, who would you get? Um, well, I'm currently on this, like, big one-piece, like, thing, so I'd probably get one of them. It would be between the character Chopper, who's, like, a little reindeer, and he has, like, this red hat that his antlers come out of. I don't know. He's a cute little character, and he's... I like him, but oh, then... I see. He wouldn't be five foot tall, though. No, he's, he's, he's tiny. He is tiny, Um, but I could get him in his... Uh, he He's a reindeer who ate the human-human devil fruit, so he has, like, Zoan power, so he can, like, transform into a human in, like, different deer forms. Oh. So I'd probably try to get him, like, in his human form. He's, like, this, like, super buff, like, furry reindeer-looking dude. <laughs> oh, but he's not human, though. No, he, he, he kind of turns into a human form. But he still has his fur, still has like a, a smashed in reindeer face, and he still has his antlers. I see. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So I might get him, and then I'm probably going to butcher this name, but I would get Roto Noah Zoro, who's like the swordsman on the ship. And he's really cool because he has this three sword style, and I'd probably like try to get him with oh, holding all of his swords. Is that the same character you said you would get on your Itasha? No, I said I'd get Luffy on my Itasha. On the front? I'd probably get, I would get all get of them. I would get all the characters on, the on there. With swords. Yeah, yeah, him. He's probably one of my favorite characters in the show just because yeah. like he's super serious and like half the time all he does is sleep and the other half of the time he's just like getting buff because he needs to be faster and stronger to be like the best swordsman in the world. Um, I don't know who I would get though. There's too many like awesome characters. <laughs> I think what I would do is I would just get a bunch of like weapons and armor printed out so I could wear them myself and not have like a specific character. I know who you would probably get if it was available. Who? character from naruto the pretty salmon <gasps> jiraiya yeah. yeah oh that's such a good idea i would totally get jiraiya yeah that would be awesome can you imagine his hair right oh my god can you imagine if he actually did if they did like his like spiked hair version yeah, yeah. that would be amazing like his his quill form or whatever mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. that would be great i there would you, totally get him there you go That's good yeah, idea thank I you yeah. <laughs> i knew you'd want him or you would get orochimaru yeah oh yeah that would be cool too i could get him with himself crawling out of his mouth yeah you know yeah oh how awesome would that be see look at all these ideas i got for you see yeah i know what you want well i have to go find a 3d printer (laughs) (laughs) yeah if anybody has one uh get in contact with us send it our way because we want to make models (laughs) (laughs) that'd be awesome it would be um i wanted to talk about this a few weeks ago uh kind of it was released during e3 Oh, okay. Um, it's the Super Mario Maker. Oh, yeah, I heard about it. Kind I of. haven't been excited for Wii U or uh, Nintendo things in general for quite some time. We don't even have a Wii U. I sold like, my Wii years ago. Yeah, I used to have a GameCube. Yeah, but I think I got rid of it af- like very quickly after. I mm-hmm. had like Resident Evil Four, and that was about it. <laughs> like seriously, after like N sixty four, they kind of. Their consoles weren't great. Like, their 3DS is fantastic, but console-wise, yeah. that, it's kind of eh. But this game had me excited. Like, Smash Bros. looked like it was something that was really cool for the Wii U, but, like, this game itself looks amazing. Well, tell us about it. If you ever played Minecraft, it's kind of similar like that. You create levels, basically, but you're creating Mario levels. 
And you get to use four distinct themes. So you get Super Mario Bros. Mm -hmm. You get Super Mario Bros. 3, World, and Super Mario Bros. U, which is new. Oh. So I wonder if you could just kind of mishmash them all together. Because that would be kind of weird, too, if you have like a Wii U game or Mm -hmm. Wii U theme style game (laughs) level. And then you put like the old 8-bit blocks in there. Yeah, I think you can. That's just strange, though. That's awesome. I don't know if I would like that. Because I remember seeing that you could play levels created by other people. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think I would get irritated at seeing the different styles so squished together like that. But can you imagine just the overall complexity that some people are going to do with these levels? And then trying to play them? Like, I was watching the trailer for this. Uh And... It looks great. The guy was just doing a really small, small level, but like his small little level was super challenging. And like he would like test run it, mm-hmm. and then he would be like, "Oh, that was you can't even get past that." So he like slightly edited <laughs> it, and you could backtrack from where you jumped and fell off instead of having to start all over again and yeah. like kind of fix that. That's cool. And then like you could start all over and like do it again. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, I'd have a bunch of those flagpoles in the, in the original <laughs> Super Mario because I just like yeah. to slide down them. You know. <laughs> uh, it was. It's really neat. So. You can create your own Mario levels, blend enemies, traps, and tons of other things from the Mario universe. So, like, I want to say somebody did something, like, weird with Bowser. But, like, you can have Bowser in, like, your very first level. And you can even, like, unlock certain things through either the... What, is it Amiibos is how you say it? Yeah, Amiibos. Or just by competing in the 100 Mario challenge mode. And you do so, you unlock characters. So, like, there's one, like, trailer you see... The guy hits one of the questions marks and it comes out with like this like mushroom that looks like it's from Zelda and it turns you into uh, Zelda. Oh, And you really? run around as like a little Zelda. Yeah. That's interesting. So like... I mean, overall, it would be really fun, mm-hmm. you know, I think to just be able to create stuff like that. It would be because like I always love doing Mario levels and then the fact that I can make my own is really neat. Would you rather try to create a lot of levels for people to play or would you rather try to beat other levels that people made? Um... I'd probably spend more time just playing other people's levels. Well, I don't know. Because like I said, I think I would get irritated if they all didn't look like they fit in the same level. Well, that's because you, you, you need things like to be clear for your OCD. You can't just have mismatch of stuff. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> like, these styles are too different. They clash. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't play this level, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to clarify, clarify something for you guys, though. Um, when I was talking about being able to bring in different characters for the game... Like I said, you unlock it through the either Amiibos or the Hunter Mario Challenge. But what it is, it's it's a mystery mushroom that you put into the blocks. Oh, so you, so don't, like, you don't get to choose the characters? You it's do. Like a... You do. Because like in the trailer, you see the guy take a uh, Zelda. Not Zelda, sorry. Link. You see him take a Link figure, put him on his like Wii U controller, which then like synchronizes that you're doing that. And then he puts you into a mystery mushroom, and then you put that mystery mushroom into a block. So then as you're running around, you hit that mystery mushroom, you eat it, and that's what turns you into Link. Okay, I think I'd have to see it because I'm a little confused. <laughs> like, I, well, because I mean, it's called a mystery mushroom, but it's not a mystery mushroom if it goes to a certain character. Well, you're, well it's mystery to you if you haven't played the level. Well, if it pops out and it's green and brown, you you know it's a, a link mushroom. Maybe. Though. What if there's a different green, green, green and brown character in the Nintendo universe? It's nice to see that they have such a large use of Amiibos, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've never really, like I said, I don't have a Wii U, so mm-hmm. I don't know what the use of Amiibos really are. I know that you use them to get characters and stuff. Yeah. 
And I know people are like going crazy over them, like Beanie Babies. They sell out so fast, especially yeah. when new characters come out. So, I mean, it's kind of nice to see that you can throw them into this game, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really cool. It's really neat because hey, they're using it for this. You use it for Super Smash Bros. And I'm sure they're going to like hey, probably be able to use it for Mario Kart and things of that nature. Yeah. It's kind of neat. I didn't really think about it till just now, but they probably took the concept from some of their Japanese arcade games. They have oh, games those card there. games. Yeah, you, you can buy cards and you can like have a specific soccer team that you can like put the cards down and the game reads the card and you have that team made up of those players or like fighting games with a specific fighting character. Yeah, these these games are super neat. Like it's like Yu Gi Oh on mm. a flat table. Yeah, and the flat table is electronic, so it it reads the little chips in the cards or yeah. whatever, so it knows who you're playing. They're it's super, super cool. It was really cool. I was like, oh damn, I really wish I had a card. I would want to play this. this was really neat yeah that's probably exactly where amiibos came from you know what it'd probably make magic the gathering that much more interesting oh, if you, you can like how... legitimately summon your own characters and yeah. stuff like that that'd it... be awesome yeah that would be amazing <laughs> it would be it would be like playing Yu-Gi-Oh, basically Seriously, in real it life would, it would be oh, yeah would be, oh man <laughs> we need to talk to nintendo yeah they need to make this just talk to Japan in general. They might have this over there in Japan <laughs> already, might. to be been, honest. No, but Magic's been out for so long. I don't even think it's in Japan. We'll have to talk to Magic Chattering and see if they have any ideas. That's a good idea. <laughs> anyway. You know, it probably sounded like a good idea at the time mm. and then just kind of went like, what? what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> the robot wedding that just happened in Tokyo not too long ago. You mean the first ever robot wedding? I do mean the first ever robot (laughs) wedding. I read this and I was just kind of like, huh? Yeah. What's going on? He linked it to me and I was like, okay, I guess that's (laughs) cool, you know? Yeah, it's actually, it's, I like it because they're just so out there in Japan that they'll do anything. The event itself was organized by Mewa Denki. They produce a bunch of electronic accessories and little doodads and stuff. And they also design the groom. His name is Foy. At least I think that's what his name is because it looks French. It's, it's probably how it is said. I think I was calling it like Froese or something like that at first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, and I was I like, no, I think it's Foy, like foie gras or something. whatever that is. You know, but like it... duck cooked in duck fat. Like <laughs> foie, foie gras. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> so I think that's his name. I think I his name is Foy. If the creators are like partially French or if they're like friends with like French people. So they're like, we well, need to have a French Japanese robot. Well, he looks like a super boxy robot, though. He really like, does. He kind of, you know, like lost in space kind of status. The way they described it was like a robot put together with like a trash can and like a, a tin for its head or something like that, really. Yeah, he looks like somebody wearing a costume. Yes. So yeah. I'm curious about what his function is. <laughs> but anyway, that's the groom. And he married another robot whose name is Yukirin. And she's more of an android. And she mm-hmm. was modeled after a J-pop singer. So she looks human. She looks, you know. She actually looked pretty good, to be honest. It didn't look like it was just thrown together like Fua was. It looked like an android. There was over 100 people in attendance at these at this event, mm-hmm. as well as other robots. They were <laughs> they had robots in attendance as well they to had, like, yeah, watch the people. robot wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it was really neat. Uh, there is a couple videos up there to show like the wedding and like the ceremony stuff. And 
even at one point when they do like the whole kiss the bride thing like the robot like shoots out like its mouth to, yeah like, go kiss her kiss and stuff. The android. it was like okay <laughs> but it didn't work all the way no so, so it had to get like fixed yeah but... so the guy like pushed it to like poke her in the uh-huh. face with his mouth <laughs> but it, it was still it was funny you know it was just an oddball thing to do and yeah they, they made it like a full-on like ceremony there was dancing there was they cake did. cutting and, it like, actually everything. cost over 80 dollars to attend this robot wedding that's crazy but like i, I don't know if it was like a fundraiser mm-hmm. or you know i couldn't find any info about that in particular but i, I mean it, it would have something... been it would have been interesting to go to mm-hmm. i think they just did it for fun i think because they do a bunch of like oddball like toys and things of that nature so it's like why don't we take it upon ourselves to make a challenge to have the very first robot wedding yeah that might have just been why not yeah exactly there's a lot of things that are like why not in japan so like the itasha cars like why not surround my car in anime characters like you know what i mean yeah so i can see that being the only reason I think that about does it for all robot weddings we could possibly think of at this point in time. So, are what? there others? No, there's no more. This I is don't the think first so. one. Uh, it was just well, the first one in Japan. For all we know, there could have been something like Germany or something like that. That's true. I wonder if any other robots have gotten married. I wonder. There is huge robotic challenge things going all over the world right now. So, I mean, maybe this was the first thing. Like, <laughs> this is a challenge: how two robots get married. So maybe. Japan's in the lead <laughs> that we know of, anyway. You could marry your Roomba to, like... Yeah! Oh, can you imagine? At the hotel, the... What is it? The aloft? Oh, the butler? Yeah, you get the butler marry the Roomba. Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it could help, like, drive him around. Drive him around? Well, he has his own wheels, doesn't he? They both have their own wheels. I was going to be like, he can get on top of the Roomba, and the Roomba can, like, oh, drive like him around. Cats. Yeah. Oh, those cats are hilarious, by the way. Anyway, we're getting off, <laughs> off topic. Do you have any more randomness for this week that no. maybe you happen to find? I didn't. I thought the robot wedding was a pretty was good ending random point. enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Well, if you want a 3D printed modeled figure that you want to marry, I think that'll be it for this episode. Um, find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We are at SuperSogoyCast. You can email us any ideas, complaints, reviews, suggestions at SuperSogoyCast at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Check out our actual main page. Check us out. Check us out. <laughs> Check out our actual main page on Night of the Living Geeks Network, notlg.com. Mm-hmm. There you will find all of the links for stuff we've been talking about during the episode. So it's helpful. Yeah, tons of videos this week for the Mario, the Android wedding, and thank you to Alex Barroza for the music. We love having it as our intro outro. It's good stuff. I really like the song. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Bye. Bye.